Good evening. Episode number 15, Wednesday night, which is a great night. Um, we've decided to change it up a little bit and head with a Wednesday night show now for the moment, probably up until Christmas. Uh, show number 15, Wednesday the 9th of December. Christmas is sneaking up very quickly. Um, I won't talk too much without getting up a good mate of mine, Mr. Glenn Curran. Good evening, Glenn. Good evening, as Big day in sport or big day in Absolutely. football? It sure is. That's for sure. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, how your week's been. Give us a little intro into uh, what's changed in your world in the last few days. Well, a week, a week or so. A week's a long time. I've started a new job which has been fantastic. Obviously, a little bit of information overload that comes when you start a new position, just at a company called WinConnect. Uh, so basically, similar role what I had before, just working as a credit controller. So know the, understand the role, just understanding how they do things at their company, which is good, but yeah, lovely people enjoying being back in the workforce and also actually being in an office as well. So we've got probably a, close to probably around a 30% mark, 35% mark of people yep. slowly filtering back in, which is a good good for us, but also good for the bigger picture from a state and then a federal for the country point of view as well. Yeah, it's great. Great news. Welcome back. Back to the workforce, <laughs> mate. It's uh, work, it's yeah. no fun no fun looking for work, that's for sure. But um, no. just on that, like uh, there's obviously, there is work out there. Um, and I know we went through a process a bit together and uh, we were discussing kind of opportunities and, and careers and whether you, is this the time of time you make the pivot? Do you go back to what you know? Do you further educate? Like it's a real question for someone our age, you know, heading towards 50. Um, you know, what do you do? It's, it's potentially the next bracket is, is where you might be for, for the rest of your working career possibly. So um, yeah, it's an interesting mindset. And do you, has it changed a little bit, and even in the last couple of years since your last role, you know, just that recruiting process, and um, you know, what have you found? Yeah, look, there's there's no consistency with it. I, I, I found even from two years ago, and um, and I don't think you might have mentioned it's a really good friend of ours, Wally O'Carroll. I had a really good chat to him about it. As to the biggest thing that he said to me to sort of focus on was not worrying about what you haven't done but what you have done so yeah. tell people all your roles but tell people the good parts of your role like don't hide things but don't common sense yeah you, yeah definitely you use a network use friendship groups whether it's through involvement with your kids sports your kids schools own circle of friends you've got yourself you should never be ashamed, and that's probably half the reason we started this podcast, never be ashamed to ask for help if you're prepared to accept the help that's given. So if you're going to yep. go there, hand out, I need a bit of help with this, be prepared to say, look, there's going to be a bit of hurt or whatever. You might have to, as you said, pivot or redirect, but you do it. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I've been doing a little bit of that magic word, or words, personal development. Um, it's always an interesting uh, chapter and it's it can be confronting at times because there's sometimes there, when you ask people for opinions, there's sometimes there are things you don't want to hear uh, if, if friends are truly honest with you. And um, yeah, I think it's been 
And and that's something I think everyone should do, uh, not just that when it comes to a certain point in your life and you have a crossroad, then you kind of look at that development phase. I think it's something we just need to constantly do. But one thing that's really resonated me is no one can change anything other than you. You can look for outside influences. You can be um, steered in a direction. But at the end of the day, if you're not open to that change and you're not ready for that change, it's not going to happen, is it? So um I just noticed uh, my name that's come up on the screen there, AAC Laptop. That wasn't kind of ideal, but we'll run with that for the for the night because um, no, I technically I am on my laptop, You've which is a different setup to normal. Gone into DJ mode. I like it, mate. A bit like MC Hammer. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's run, with, let's, let's run with that for now. <laughs> um, so big night uh, tonight, um, AFL draft night. It's kind of snuck up on us, hasn't it? The season sort of took, snuck away. Then we had Spring Carnival and we had all these other things happening. We thank God we're finally getting some doors open now, which we'll talk through a little bit tonight. But um, AFL draft night, big expectations, plenty of young kids. It's a massive moment for young kids. We all know about some AFL drafts um, that we've seen some of our heroes come through um, the draft system. And look, it doesn't really matter what club you end up. There's 18 great clubs. Um, it's just a matter of how long do you stay at that club? That's the big question. So I think now um, my thoughts on that is, you know, GWS are a lot more competitive now. The Gold Coast look like they're going to turn the corner quickly. Um, you know, it's not no such thing as just going to a club you don't want to be at anymore. They're all destination clubs, so to speak. So just is interested in your thoughts on, on the draft and expectations. And have we heard about a number one yet? Has it happened? Yeah, I think the number one that everyone expected to be the number one, the um, young boy who was destined or looked like going to Adelaide, the doggies have matched their bid. So, um, Kyrie, I don't want to butcher his surname, Kyrie Eugle, along those lines, he's he's the one that everyone thought was going to go number one. He's gone number one via the doggies academy. Yeah, so... His name's Jamara Eugle Hagen. Beautiful. It's a mouthful. Beautiful. It's a mouthful. And this is this is what he looks like. Him? What an absolute super specimen. Geez, they don't they don't come out as uh, ringing wet kids anymore, do they? Like, <laughs> no. I've heard this kid. I've heard this kid talk. Um, and geez, what a media professional right right from the start. And by no means does that mean you go number one or two. But there's so much learnings that come through now, and and so much you're taught, and so much opportunity that. I think even the kids all the way through to the and the, I think that AFL under eighteen kind of system's got a real lot to be thankful for, or thank us to be thankful for is those kids coming through. They're they're incredible talents, and this kid had an NBA kind of opportunity as well. Um, I'm led to believe so. Um, he's he's one of those real talented sports person. Um, obviously, one of them that brings to mind is is uh, Christian Petrarca, that was a very similar kind of vein. Now this kid's nothing like him, but the opportunity to play multiple sports. And generally you find that with those top 10 kids, but there's big raps on this kid. Sadly, he's already been tagged with the Buddy Franklin um, lookalike yeah, and plays like, and geez, it's going to be hard for this kid. Obviously it's an idol of his, um, but pretty big raps if you've passed on those names. And that's the thing. And look, as you said, look, at this time of the year, obviously being the 9th of December, we've got these young men, who are embarking on hopefully a career that will have longevity, not be short-lived. Obviously, there's comparisons that get made 
to number ones before them, whatever. I think this time of year is also an important time of year for year 12 people. They've just had that stress and expectation that comes up to the exams. And then, as you know yourself, like even though we did it quite a while ago, then that awesome relief. And I think you get that same sort of build-up and then almost a, now I'm drafted. And I think that's where a lot of, not a lot of, but some kids, and I look, I know a few kids who have been in the system and a couple of mates I know are pretty heavily involved at that that tack cup sort of level. And you think, oh, God, that's a burden. Like you think being compared to Buddy Franklin or Luke Hodge or if someone's tall and fast and takes courageous marks, Nick Rell or, or whatever, or if they were in under or hard at it on baller. Oh, that's your Luke Hodge, your Joel Selwood. But yeah, look, I think that's sadly what we do now. Kids, yeah, yeah, kids yeah. in in doesn't. Do. It's not just sport. It's every. Um, I talk about it with musicians a lot, and we talked about it with Christian Mizzy the other day. Is the comparison, and the comparison yeah. always comes up. Um, I think it's a great thing uh, to be compared to some of these people. We should never ever take a a knock that that's what we've been compared to. Nine times out of 10, you're almost compared to greatness a lot of the time. So um, I know uh, I know that's a great, great place to be. So um, I know mimicry, we've got a... Mimicry, mimicry can be the greatest form of flattery. If you look at, like, I know you love your, your Melbourne Demons and your footy, but I know your sort of big passion, obviously in the background, you've got the storm. But I know that basketball and ice hockey are big passions of yours. From a basketball perspective, if you speak to young kids, they want to have a shot and they want to shoot. I can look over your right shoulder. Air Jordan, it's one of the most iconic symbols of all time. They made a movie like Mike. Why, why for many years did we say up there, Kazali? As much as we all yep. laugh, go, oh, here comes Mike Brady playing that song. Because that's what they used to play well, back in 1913. I think Warwick Azali played football. Yeah, well, luckily, um, no, one, no one's beaten the great Mike Brady yet um, to rip out rip out a couple of classics on Grand Final Day. We've had some good bands turn up, no doubt. But oh, for sure, now he's now he's also playing the Northern Footy League Grand Final function. So <laughs> um, you know, to have him standing on Kramer Street in Preston. Singing that magic song, it's uh, it's a great moment, and I hope long it lives on. I, I don't know who's going to take the mantle next. Well, that's a, It'll be interesting. As much as like you spoke about the spring carnival, and as you said, like footy's crept, the footy draft, and in a way, Christmas has crept up a little bit. Yes, Christmas Day, regardless of a religious belief, is always going to be the twenty fifth of December. But as we look now, on the ninth of December. And I know you and I have a couple of little funny chats about Christmas shopping and that. I'm nowhere near where it should be with that. But other things that have happened, like as you said, the footy finished quite late because of the COVID year. The Spring Carnival managed to go all the way through, but the Melbourne Cup was four weeks ago. Where's that time gone? In two, in what, just over two weeks will be sitting down in some way, shape or form, however people choose to celebrate with their loved ones, Christmas. And you'll think, yep. the majority of us will think, if you had said, would we be doing this, especially from an Australian and Victorian point of view, where we were in June, you would have thought it was a long way off. Absolutely. Well, 
I give some word of advice. Shop online. Don't line up. <laughs> Order this weekend as your last cut off before Christmas, and try yeah, and support try and support Australian and Australian businesses, preferably. So, uh, look, I hope we're, we've we've managed to get out of lockdown. I've got a little surprise for you you don't know about. So we managed okay. to get out of lockdown. Um, all I'm going to say is I hope we can continue this process out of lockdown. We've got live venues again. We're starting to open the doors. We'll talk about some of these gigs that are coming up all the way up until Christmas shortly and some guests we've had on. Um, but it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be back in Melbourne, smelling the fresh air again without the masks for a while. And one of those, the best thing, honestly, to come out of the COVID period was no doubt the EJ isolation sessions with a good mate of mine, Dave Cosma, who's been an absolute superstar. He's put together something different, most importantly. We'll chat through that in a minute. But I'd love to bring up the great man, Dave Cosma. How are you, Dave? Hey, good to see you. Thanks for uh, making a guest appearance again. Welcome back. It's a pleasure. I've... uh... I've enjoyed the journey with you uh, both, and um, it's been a it's been a good thing to have been a part of early on, and um, staying uh, involved as a viewer, I guess, over over the last uh, well, however long it's been that you've been doing this, and having some great guests, and bringing some um, yeah, some wonderful uh, entertainment to the to the screen. It's 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 great to be back, and I hope you're both going well. Yeah, look, we are. Yeah, we look, uh, it's good to get out again. That's for sure. Good to get out again. Definitely, it's um, it's uh, it's a bit strange almost that we've just had this um, you know, this uh, this process in place for the last what eight eight months or so, and I think coming out, I've been a little bit maybe uh, anxious is the word to to sort of um, understand how it's all going to unfold and and get back into some sort of rhythm. Um, because it, it just it, it stopped so suddenly, I guess. There was no time to prep. Um, so everyone had to sort of, um, you know, just, just get on with it, I guess, and adapt very quickly. So, And then we got into that process, and here we are, things opening up again, which is great because clearly we, you know, we don't want to be – I don't want to be stuck in a car singing for the, for the rest of my career. So um, – and, we don't, you know, we don't want to be uh, – we don't want to be getting Uber Eats for the rest of our lives. We want to be able to get out and – and go in the restaurants and see the see the you know live music and see our friends and family and you know again with us being able to to get together with family over Christmas again is going to be a great thing. So um, it's yeah, hopefully hopefully things will start getting back to normal and uh, and uh, we'll enjoy life as as we once knew it. I guess absolutely, it's great to uh, great to be able to see friends and see their faces and see more than just their eyes. Um, yeah. for, for now and um, and get to uh, we're not supposed to hug but we started the hug process again so um, it's a great place to be so Dave just for the people that don't know and haven't come across this uh, super uh, performance component you put together over the COVID period just yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, the inception of it and how it started and and where we're up to now look I think like most people again it all hit and um you, you know, you could either just sit back and and uh, be concerned about what was happening and be worried about what was happening. And I was certainly in a position with my industry just overnight. It just it stopped. So um, very quickly within that 
I think within that first week or so and, and live streams were sort of happening. And, and I think we forget that there were other parts of the world that were already well ahead in terms of lockdown and, and, and that sort of thing. So there were things like live streams happening. They certainly weren't a new concept, but for me personally, I'd never, I'd never done a live stream. Um, so I thought, well, let's give it a crack. And I thought, well, you know, everyone seems to be sort of just sitting in their bedroom and, and, and singing to their phone. I thought I'd just change it up a bit. So I, I came in the back of my car here and, um, and I rolled the, uh, I rolled the, the live stream and, and, just sort of went with it and it turned into a lot of fun. It turned into something that people um, that, that I knew, clearly friends and fans that I'd already connected with through socials um, really got into it, which was great. And then it grew from there in terms of, you know, just through the power of sharing and the, and the you know, the power of, of, of telling people about what's going on. More people came to the party and it gave me incentive to keep going. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ended up doing about nine or ten of them specific uh in terms of the ej isolation session so uh for a period of time with myself and my percussionist nick were, was joining me live um i was able to get charles jenkins in as, as a as a special guest before the hard lockdown came um and that forced me to sort of reinvent again and i was able to sort of get them involved on a, on a video screen um and it's just if anything has just enabled me to stay connected with with people with my music and you know, ultimately, I guess, provide a little bit of entertainment that was a little bit left of centre. Um, and people really enjoyed it. You know, Isolate is, a, is another great example of, of something that came along um, that just grew and, you know, certainly not comparing the EJ Isolation Sessions to Isolate because that thing's just, you know, on another level. Um, but it clearly just gave people at home, especially for that time that we couldn't go anywhere, um, an opportunity to stay connected and see some aesthetically see something different in the car and you know hearing and listening to music discovering a couple of new artists that they may not have heard before as I say I had Charles in here I had Damon Smith on the video I had Adrian white um, so it's just been it's just been a great outlet for me to to just express my art I guess and and um, you know, it's it's certainly the polish of, uh, of of live streaming has dulled a little bit clearly because things are opening up again and li live gigs are coming to the fore, which is really what we want. Um, but I, I think that it's certainly created uh, uh, something in the industry that, although although it may not, as I say, be as prominent as it has been in the last eight months, I think it's it's going to be a part of what we do going forward on some level, in some capacity. Um, I hope so anyway that it, that, that it continues on, um, on on some level and yeah it's just it's just been really great yep no, i think it's been awesome and i just want to play about a minute of this i won't play the whole thing but i'll just play a little bit of this so when it just cuts out dave you'll you'll know to come back in but uh this is a little bit of a sneak preview from back from uh the isolation isolation session number two and i think it was a really good way that you showed a little bit of the behind the scenes so it seems like forever ago so we'll go back a little bit in history with you dave oh. Are 
yeah, the lights are on. The lights are on. How's it going? Welcome, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not too private, just basically about Elvis and the Beatles, basically. Oh. Basically. Scotty? No, that's Scott. Yes, yeah, Scott. That's Scott, no, mate. Oh, he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly... I'm going where I'm going, together we'll be going again. We're on the interwebs. It's falling into place, falling into place. Silence in the EJ. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, because we did. And speak of enjoying it, Dave, absolutely fantastic, mate. Um, you really brought out your true personality, mate. I'm lucky enough to have gone to secondary school with you, mate. And I know what kind of a, a joker and a and a great front man you'd be. So I, I cannot wait to get you back live on a stage again, um, which isn't too far away, I believe. But we've got a little treat in store coming up, um, actually tomorrow night, believe it or not. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about, I'll just play the little intro first and then you can bring it in. Oh, special treat. This one's going to be. Tell us a little bit about this one. I think the first female into the isolated sessions. Yes, it's long overdue. Long, a lot of testosterone been in here, and it's good to um, clear it out, clear it out, and uh, make way for some. Oh, she's an incredible talent, Mandy Connell. She's just a, an absolute ripper. Um, I've known her for a few years, and I've seen her perform a few times. And um, yeah, look, I just put it out to her and said, "Look, if you, I'd love you to come along," and she. You know, she agreed to, to do so, and I feel very privileged to have. Oh, look, I feel privileged to have had anyone agree to be happy to come along. Charles Jenkins, you know, it's it's just been great, and and to have Mandy come in tomorrow night, um, she's just such a class act and such a wonderful singer and guitar player. That yeah, it's it's. I guess when you put something together like this, you don't know how it's being you know, uh, interpreted out there, at least from other artists too. So, um, yeah, to, to have her come in tomorrow night, I'm really looking forward to it. She's going to be sitting where I'm sitting and she's going to be doing, you know, about a 45-minute set of her wonderful uh, folk-type songs, I guess. She's just got such a beautiful voice and she's such a beautiful songwriter. Um, and I hope to jump in here to sing a couple while socially distance myself um, and join her on a couple of songs. So it's funny actually watching that, that, that first video you put up it was just such a strange time, that whole socially distancing process and, you know, you've got to be this far away and you've, it was, that, was the, that was the week that it was all happening, you know, and I remember doing it and, and thinking, geez, I hope people aren't thinking we're not, you know, too close here or, you know, we're going to get in trouble or all that sort of thing. So it's just nice that it's done the full circle and, um and like I say, you know, number 10, to, to, to do it and to be able to, to have a talent like Mandy come on here is um, it's a privilege for me. And I think it's a, 
it's a real uh, great thing for, for the viewers that, that, that have been on board and, and will hopefully join us tomorrow night to, to get to see again for free um, a talent like Mandy just do her thing and in the comfort of your own home and in, in the aesthetic of a 60-year-old car. Yeah, look, I think it's a great concept, Dave, no doubt. Um, Glenn, I know you got a question for Dave. Um, again, Dave, thank you again for the enlight enlightening me because obviously I know that you and As go back a fair way, so it's great to see the connection, you getting connected, but me establishing the connection with you. Yeah, I've got great. a standard question that I've, I've started asking all of our guests. Dinner party, you can, you can invite five people. So there's six people at dinner. You can you're one, and you can invite five more. They can be living or dead, but it's your pick. My dad's got to be there. My dad's got to be there. He passed away um, uh, five years ago, so I've got to get dad there. So I miss him. Um, uh, Of course, Alvis and John Lennon, and Paul McCartney. I'm sorry. I know it's so cliche. (laughs) It's so cliche, but you know, like I would, I would do anything to to, to, to meet, you know, Paul Mc. I was reading the article the other day of, of Davy Lane, who had the you know the pleasure of meeting Paul McCartney, and I know that he he holds him at the top of the pyramid. Yeah, he's, he's the top of the hill. Um, so to, to, to meet Paul, um, and and I guess have you know have John Lennon there and, and Elvis, and my old man. Is that it? Can I have someone else? You've got one to come. I think you got one more. Yeah, look, I, I, you touched on the big MJ behind you before, and I was talking to someone this morning about about um, the Last Dance and how just incredible of a documentary that is, and he, how incredible of an era that was, and the achievements that he achieved. You know, we talk about the greats and the goats and the LeBrons and the Kobe's and all the rest of them, and you know, clearly they're all they're all champions, but. You know, I'm obviously I'm a bit biased when it comes to MJ because I'm that era, and and you know, touching on my early school days with with uh, with as we'd get to school at eight o'clock, and our shirts would be soaked before the bell went because we'd be playing basketball in the quadrangle, and we just we lived and breathed it. And um, Dave, did you have him covered in the quadrangle? Um, I think he, we, has, he has talked up his basketball skill just a little bit at times. No, I. I I wouldn't go as far as to say I haven't covered. I wouldn't be that cheeky. Dave's pretty modest. Remember, he's a guest on our show, so he's being more than modest. But Dave was play back in the day. Dave was was very talented. But one thing he was very good at was a guitar and singing and entertaining. And I'm glad he went that angle. But he could have easily chosen sport because um, basketball, football and soccer were were three things Dave did naturally. So um, great to have you on, Dave. Great to have you on, mate. Thank you, and you boys are just, uh, again, you've done an incredible thing. And um, I, as I say, I hope in some capacity with what you do, it continues on some level going forward because it's it's a great thing and it's really important that, um, yeah, that you keep delivering what you deliver. It's like, those artists that you've had and the interviews that you've done have been top-notch and, and you're to be commended. Thanks, Cheers, mate. mate. And it's, it's great that you've been able to play with a lot of those artists. So I appreciate uh, the intro into a couple of them, Damon Smith being one. Um, yeah. We're calling a personal friend now, which is fantastic. We're going to give him a little plug for his Christmas album. He's just releasing. Um, He's got a few gigs coming up as well. Merry Creek, not Merry Creek, um, Archie's Creek. He's got coming up Saturday night. So we'll give those a little bit of a pump. Any gigs on the horizon yet, Dave, or 
a little bit early. We're still concentrating on the. I hope there's an EJ album coming out. That's what I really hope. Yeah, look, I've been, I've given that a bit of thought actually. So, um, I, I, yes, we will put that just put that to the side <laughs> of the moment. But yeah, there's there's uh, there might be something yeah, happening. Um, look, nothing this side of Christmas. I think just just yeah, I've I've had a few things going on in 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 with life, I guess that. I think will take me into the new year, but I've got a couple of things already organised for for the new year uh, in terms of gigs. So, um, yeah, look, I'm really looking forward. I haven't, not to say that I haven't had the desire to rush out and perform live. I've, I've certainly want to do that, but I think that it's just, I think venue, <clears throat> excuse me, I think venues are still finding their feet in terms of, you know, you mentioned Archie's Creek. They've just done a wonderful thing up there, how they've created that outdoor space, Um and I'm very privileged that I got to play there as my final gig before lockdown, the week that lockdown happened. So it's just such a wonderful uh, setup Pete Foley's got going on up there. And and I think venues are doing amazing things, adapting themselves to – I know Mandy's playing um, – she, she's got a gig coming up at the Le Monde Hotel, which they're doing in the car park, you know. So people are being innovative. <clears throat> Excuse me again. They're being innovative and they're just trying to adapt to the new climate and – yeah, look, I'll be jumping on board in the new year and I look forward to, to, to performing live and, and, and connecting with also a lot of new fans that I've connected with through this EJ Isolation Station. It'll be really great to meet some people and uh, and to be able to perform for them. Look forward to it, and I'm sure. And I'll be with you. I'll be with, I'll be with you, buddy. Next week, we're going, to, we're going to gig, me and you. That's right. You'll be there for sure. Ice cream hands. Let's, not, let's give that a little quick pump before we let you go there, Dave. This is one... Yeah. I should have brought in my, uh, I should have brought in my personally signed vinyl that, that Charles gave me last week, but I've left it inside under lock and key. Yeah, just while you're there, just while you're there, we need to touch on another good friend of ours on the show that's always on. He's a little bit busy at the moment, so I can't make it. But Berkey um, was kind enough to invite me up to his house, and we had a intimate fifteen odd people. I think it's fifteen was the limit about that for uh, good, good, good answer. A little a session with uh, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck himself. <laughs> Welcome back, little show. It was unbelievable to have, to spend a couple of hours with Chuck up there. It was absolutely super. So Chuck's got a few gigs going. Um, we'll touch on those as well, Dave. But what I just want to touch on is a quick punch and promo again for tomorrow night. Yes, thank you very and, much. As I say, Mandy Connell's here tomorrow night. And I will say on an exclusive scoop, uh, tonight that, that there will be another EJ isolation session just before Christmas, just before Christmas with a, um, obviously a bit of a Christmas um, theme to it. Yes, yes. Well, we can, look forward to we, that. Absolutely. Can we, get a, can we get a date, Dave, or is that just, we just, we'll wait no, with bated breath? I, it will be, it will, I think it'll be a couple of days before, a few days before Christmas. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, compete with the likes of Dennis Walter on Carols by Candlelight, so I'm going to just pull it back maybe the night or two before if I can, get myself a couple of people that will tune in hopefully, but yeah, it's going to be good fun, it's just uh, look, it's just going to be Nick and I and maybe a, maybe um, a, a, a guest to come in just to play a few songs, but it's going to be the you know, a few of the old classic uh, Christmas carols and a couple of tunes just to sort of ride out the year, I guess um, which has been a crazy one Sounds great, have it have a carafe with carafe. That'll be a great, a great thing, mate. Enjoy, enjoy, Dave. I really appreciate you coming on, mate. We'll let you go. I know you've got a busy night preparing for tomorrow night. You've got to set the EJ up again, set the Dude. lights up again. We, we look forward to it, mate. We'll be, we'll be tuning in for sure. Aaron, 
Sorry, mate. Okay. Glenn, thank you, buddy. Uh, it's yeah. been really great talking to you guys again. Aaron, thank you, mate. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully we'll see you guys tuning in on the other side tomorrow night, and I will see you in the flesh next week, buddy. Look forward Beautiful. to it. See you, mate. Happy yeah. What an absolute champ. He's what a, a great guy. What a um, it's funny because Dave and I lost touch there for a lot of years, um, and it's great to be able to rekindle this. And this is part of what not only lockdown's done, but we met, I obviously saw Dave a few times before that. But um, being able to catch up and and you kind of feel back part of the family again, which is so great too because Dave's such a talent um, and we look forward to having him, him at any of our next gigs. So there, who knows, there could be a so what's been happening live gig one day. That's That could be the challenge. So that'll be fun. I must apologise, mate. I can see why that you and Dave may have lost touch. I think Dave <laughs> is very humble and I think he may have had you covered in the quadrangle right. at College back in the day, so that's uh, apologies, mate. That was a question without notice. I, I should have pre warned you. One thing he's definitely got me covered for is talent, that's for sure. So <laughs> I'm happy to sit in the background and just promote yep. these superstars, and, and great to be associated with him. But uh, tonight's about a couple of things. Um, what we were planned on doing, or what I planned on doing, that didn't tell you about was um, just setting up, just setting up things like telling us looking about what gigs are happening what gigs are happening in the next couple of weeks what gigs are being announced um so a couple of albums that have come out uh, a little bit that's happening in sport so let's cover a bit of that off um first of all afl draft uh, you haven't had a chance to have a bit of a um check of what's going on but one thing i want to start with with sport i'll i'll, I'll give you a bit of a word without warning there so what i wanted Thank to you. touch on was this was many moons ago now and now Mike Tyson's fairly, and Roy Jones Jr. for that matter, pretty young there, to be fair. Um, and I know where you're heading with this. <laughs> look at the way this was pre-fight promo. And <laughs> I don't know, man, but he looks better now than he did then. And it, what is he? What is he? 50 what now? Um, just incredible. Absolutely I'm, incredible. I'm 51 in Feb, and he's got to be my age at least. Yeah, we probably should have done my homework on that one. But yeah. I'll tell you who didn't come back in as good a shape was Roy Jones Jr. And I think it was probably fitting in the end that it was a draw, because I hope that this happens again. But Mike Tyson, I honestly think he's really become, and I really hope he has, he seems to have just become a humble man that wants to make good, um, for some of the wrongs that he's done. And he's really leaving a good legacy. And I couldn't believe, I, I wish I had to grab the footage of the post-fight interview where he spoke and how humble he was to just say that, you know, he wants to leave a legacy now in boxing and, and bring other people back and really promote the sport. So, you know, hats off to me. He didn't do all the right things through his life and career and he was from a rough upbringing. I get all that and that's not making excuses for him, but I, it's just so good to see someone that had gone so far down the wrong track and advised by all the wrong people, lost nearly all his money, is to be able to really start to now rebuild his life and leave a legacy. So just interested in your thoughts on the great uh, Mike Tyson, Iron Mike. Look, Mike Tyson polarised many people early in his career, as you said, because rightly or wrongly, boxing is sometimes considered a tarnish out of sport as to way how people perceive it. And it's often people from the outer, not people on the inner. 
I think a lot of people see it as a violent sport. Obviously, a sport where people involve punching, the same with kickboxing, there's going to be violence. You look back to watching people like Mike Tyson, and then going back further to Ali, Foreman, Liston, those sort of giants of the sport. Then you see one of the most iconic sporting images of all time is Ali at the Olympic Games with his Parkinson's. And a lot of people said, oh, that's not the real Ali, but that's the mellowed down Ali as an older, mature man. I think that's the same, or, or I hope that's the same with Mike Tyson. I, I, you look at a lot of sporting people, you you see it in Legends games of AFL, you see it in Legends games in the NBA, hockey, whatever the sport. And you think, oh, that's not, I can't remember John Macron being like that, but you can't do something forever. So then you hear the words and you and I as both fathers say this now and hopefully we're on the earth for a lot longer to spend time with our children. But you hear people speak about legacies. What what legacy have I left? Yes, I can't change what I've done, but I can learn going forward. So what I do, you can't change the past, but as we said earlier on the show, we control the future or as an individual, you control the future. His yep. life has been boxing for the majority of his adult life. So you can't begrudge a man going to the devil you know. What legacy in our leaves? There's going to be people who will still say, yes, he's Mike Tyson who bit of Vanderbilt and whatever. But at the end of the day, he's still one of the champion boxers. I'll, I'll, do, I'll draw a very quick analogy for you. You look at someone like, say, Wayne Carey has had some off-field troubles at times in his life. But at the end of the day, Wayne Carey will go down in most people you speak to, probably the top five footballers of all time. Has he has he been the perfect person? No, but either is Aaron Cusack or Glenn Curran. So that's, I suppose that's the biggest thing. I because I, I got I actually don't mind watching boxing. Because yeah, it's incredible technical sport. Um, yeah, you know it, it, it is um, a very technical sport. Yeah, and obviously I'm in. I'm involved with uh, another organisation, Stop Stop Concussions. So people hear me talk yeah. about boxing and they say, "Mate, so what are you doing with Stop Concussions? Isn't that isn't that going against what you're believing?" Um, and I said, "Well, no, it's not because boxing is is one of those careers and and opportunities where you know what you're getting, you know what you're signing up for." In a lot of these other sports like AFL and rugby and all that, when these hits have happened over so many years where we're not aware of what's actually the legacy and long-term effects. Um, and it's interesting. I heard Sam Solomon interviewed the other day, and he spoke about him not knowing any actual boxers that had had long-term concussion effects. Now, that's an interesting comment because we seem to think a lot of the old older boxers, you know, with Parkinson's and all these kind of things, are they part of the concussion component? And it's interesting to hear him say that he believes he hasn't doesn't know any. So, and some of those are just natural progressive, say, illnesses or something that come across. And so, boxing is considered to actually be quite a safe sport, given that the referees can come in and stop the fight. The questions around the repeated hits and all those kind of things, and is it too is it too brutal? But to me, I would have boxing ten times over than I watch at UFC. UFC is just absolute chaos, um, and you know. I've watched a lot of kickboxing too with Sam Solomon back in the day and then he moved into boxing. But um, it's a whole different life 
um, that UFC. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. I'm not sure if you're into it, mate, but it's not something uh, I uh, I can see the I can see the um, appeal for some people, um, and I can see that when you get into that ring, it's it's the absolute warfare, right? Um, yep. of, uh, to the highest degree, and you you don't get out unless you're you tap out, so to speak. You're done. Um, but I, I just think it's too brutal for me. Too brutal for me. Yeah, look, I, I, I got to know Sam quite well about the time that he made the transition from kickboxing into, I suppose, just straight boxing, like as opposed to fist boxing. Um, and he was talking before about how boxing is actually quite a skilled sport. And you look at Sam you wouldn't obviously he's not the heavyweight but he was i remember thinking to the person who just me at the time i said oh that's sam solomon there's nothing of him but similar to if you spoke to jimmy cassidy or damien oliver there's not much of them but i'm pretty sure that you and i would struggle to beat damien oliver or jim cassidy in an arm wrestle just Yep. Their strengths and and pound, pound for pound they say yeah. right, but I can yeah. tell you and, as far as yeah. things like confidence um, and it's things yeah. like a big set of uh, what we call yeah. nurries, um, <laughs> I'd like to have those guys on top of a horse that with that they kind of oh. controlling but not really. I, I think it's one of the most bravest sports of all time, um, and you know as sad as that story was with Damien Oliver's brother sadly yeah. passing away from a race fall. Um, to have Damien back in the saddle, riding what he does and lo- and loves, and then that mass- massive magic moment that we spoke about with Sean Wallace um, when we did our spring carnival wrap a couple of weeks ago was um, that that moment, um, the the moment that did stop the the nation, not uh, the race that stopped the nation. And it was I still look back on it and remember that day clearly, and and I've got a picture in my mind of you know that saluting. It was just an incredible moment in racing because it's. It's the devil you know, and as, as much as with what's going on with this year, sport, life, work, family, whatever it might be, at times you're all going to have to say, okay, this way is the roadblocks come up, so what do we do? Do we just backtrack, backtrack and panic, or do we go around it, find a way to go around it? And you look at, as you know, you and I like to bet, we're probably two of the world's, world's punters, but <laughs> the racing industry... I bet $1. Dogs, greyhounds has found a way to continue and I I may be incorrect in this, but I don't think they had even one positive COVID case in the whole industry across the whole country. Now, yeah, I think um, from a sporting point of view, that was amazing. an incredible effort, incredible effort. And, and to keep so many people employed during that time, hats off to the racing industry. And they take a few knocks, no doubt. And the greyhounds business took a few yeah. knocks as well, but... Um, and it's, you know, and they took some, they took some big knocks, mate. Sorry to talk over there. They took some big knocks, like with the, the animal lives. And, and look, I'm, I went out with a, a former girlfriend. Mine was heavily involved in that, and I can see parts of what they say. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a, there is people who this is their livelihood. So yep. the true, whether it's harness or gallops or dogs, they actually love the, that they love the animals. Yeah, I was just about to say, like it. You know, do yourself a favour if if ever you think that yep. these guys aren't doing the right things by their animals, get out and get out and 
talk to a few of them. Go to a race meeting, hang out with a few of them, and find out who really loves these horses uh, and these and any of these animals, the dogs as well. Um, don't don't go to a right. Melbourne. Go to Stony Creek on the school yep. holidays on a midweek out when it's a picnic thing and meet the people who similar to Damien Oliver. That's a tr- an absolute tragedy. Him losing his brother. I may have mentioned to you in the Spring Carnival wrap-up, he lost his father as well too. His father died yep. in a ball as well. Now, but that's their life. It's like it's like I'm not a fan of Formula One. A lot of people who love Formula One, that's you look at that crash that happened a couple of weeks ago, a catastrophic crash, but the bloke walked away and people said, how do you walk away? Because of the measures and the safety that, even though they're going at hundreds of miles an hour, hundreds of miles an hour, yep, it's that it's heavily regimented, and that's the thing with boxing as well. If it's done right, you'll find a way to sort of maintain the sport and keep the sport going. Yeah, it's interesting because they, they talk about mismatches, and that's when the fights get dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know this this is one that's coming up, uh, Paul Gallen. Um, versus Mark Hunt. Now, Mark Hunt switched over from UFC. The guy's an absolute powerhouse. Paul Gallen had a couple of fights, had a draw against Barry Hall, which is a bit of a set-up fight. So this is what it's going to look like. Um, I don't like it personally, but I can understand the crowd and the attraction uh, and trying to promote that. But, yeah, I just think uh, good luck to him. Just switch code and switch careers and try and make a, make a bit of a uh, go of it. But um, I don't know. I, I fear for uh, someone like Paul Gallen going up against someone that's a trained fighter and has been a fighter his kind of life. Um, yeah, it's it's. I just don't think it's the right call. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree a bit, but, and I'll, I'll be careful what I say because obviously it's not something of watch boxing. But obviously, when you got the cross code situation, it's a it can get a little bit. Um, it can wreak a little bit of tokenism at times. And I think also with, I've just heard in the radio driving home uh, one afternoon this week, there's another guy, a, I'm going to say influencer, that's the word I'll go with, someone called Sai or Kai or something. And he's fighting, he's worked his way up, he's been influenced, and now he's fighting, I think, either a kickboxer as well, who's, and yep. it's the same sort of thing. I understand why, but then I don't understand why as well, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, yeah, it's becoming it's becoming bigger and yeah. bigger. Um, yeah. Money money versus uh, opportunity, I guess you'd say, because Floyd Mayweather's supposed to be coming out of retirement to fight yeah. this social influencer. Uh, you know, it's just well, that, that, it's that disaster. The, it's got disaster that, written all over it. That and that could be the, the one you're talking about. But because, I, I, am, I am – sorry, mate, go. So, so with Ford Mayweather, it, it puts them and, and Mark Hunt as well, they're actually put in a difficult situation. Yes, there's going to be a purse and there's going to be a payout at the end of it. But if they don't go hard, they'll say, well, mate, what are you doing? But then if they go too hard, they're going to say, mate, you're killing the bloke. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah like, I'm at times a bit old school, footy, cricket, basketball. If you step across the line, don't then after the game say, I shouldn't have played or I wasn't right or it's not my wheelhouse. You're happy to take the cash and the exposure, whatever. Yep. So you've got to take what comes with that as well. And I know that's 
simplifying it, but I think at times we've got to do that. We live in the grey a bit too much, whereas things yep. are a lot more clearer than what they should, or we make them a bit more unclearer than what they should be. Yep, absolutely. I know you're not a massive fan of this, but I, I do want to quickly touch on this. And this was one of the most amazing things I've seen uh, in world sport recently. And this was this was the view from the back where the marshals were. Um, and he hadn't got out of the car at this stage. And there's one of the marshals kind of at the front there, which is actually the inside of the track. Um, just incredible. And we talk about safety and how safety's changed sports and things like that. And and that's one thing. If ever there was a knock on that thing they called the halo, which is at the front of the, the um, edge of the cockpit area, um, it literally saved his life. It's so... So great to see that. And then the weird part was is we go, we finally get racing after an hour and then this happens. We get a car flip on its head and he's okay too. Just incredible that the safety of the sport, and there will still be, there still will, still will be accidents and deaths and stuff. But like we said, we understand what these guys are signing up for and they're not signing up to take their life away by all means but it's a super dangerous sport and that's kind of why we love things like f1 i mean this was the the, what was left over the car mate there's there's just nothing there and that little gap in the middle is where he kind of went through so it was kind of incredible but um for the first time lewis hamilton um hadn't raced and it's been many years since he hadn't raced obviously tested positive with covid they did the right thing and I, you know, he's he's had to pull out for a week. Um, they've had, they've run a Grand Prix since. Um, but the, one of the best things that's happened in F1 in during the week was the signing of Mick Schumacher, the son of the great Michael. Now, sadly, he's not going to go straight into a Ferrari. He's signed by Haas, the team Haas. But he's just won the Formula Two Championship, which is the rundown. Um, and what a great opportunity for this kid to not necessarily have to go up against his dad's name straight away because he's not in a Ferrari, but so good to see a father and son combo coming through like we've seen before um, in the sport, but um, an unbelievable special name, the Schumacher name for sure. Oh, definitely, mate. Like we've spoken many times in our show in well a lot of sports. We touched on Damien Oliver and his brother and father's influence in his career. From a footy perspective, for example, Essendon, Dustin Fletcher, Ken Fletcher before him, the Silvanis. Now, obviously, with Schumacher, like, being our generation, I know you're a passionate basketballer, but for me, and I wasn't a big Formula One person, but someone said to me, Formula One, Schumacher. I, I probably couldn't even tell you the car he drove, but as we've said a couple of times, Formula One, Schumacher, basketball, Jordan. Yep. Football. Well, I tell you, yeah, the next, okay. yep, the next Good. most amazing thing that is coming up in the future, and I heard a little whisper of this. I don't know how true it is and when it's going to happen, but apparently LeBron has put on the table that his next contract, and I, when I argue that next contract, well, how long is this guy going to play for? May he'll play for as long as he can. And he can walk. Yep. Um, the next contract is is when his son, his son's very close to being drafted in the next year or so, a couple of years, he's going to put himself on the table and say, whoever drafts my son gets me. Now, that would be incredible. To say a father and son combo in the NBA, I don't think it's ever been done. I'm not sure. I've got to do my research on that one. But if anyone knows, please post a comment or later on. But I think that's absolutely incredible. And that will be a legacy that probably won't be broken, I don't think. 
should I get on the phone to the Melbourne Tigers now and see if they can maybe just just put it out there to get the first offer in? Might not be the last offer, but get the first one in. Bit of father well, son. How good would that be? <laughs> Bring him into the NBL. Maybe Lindsay might uh, might pull the shorts on again and get Andrew back out there as well. That would be incredible. Uh, the great A guys. What's that? Sot goat? Is that right? Yeah, I don't know. I'll leave that one with you to work out that one. Yep. Um, so a couple of things coming up during this week. There was this one that happened last night. Uh, two great artists that were on our show. Sadly, uh, Berkey and I didn't get to get to this one. We we're just too tired in the end and we didn't make the run. But um, this would have been great to see. And I look forward to a couple of updates on that. But Christian Mizzy, who was on last show, Greg Champion, who was on about four or five shows ago. Um, what super talents. And I can't wait to see these guys live coming up in the future. So look forward to that one uh, coming up. There's another one coming up, which is tomorrow night. Davey Lane, the great Davey Lane from UMI, is really kicking on now in a solo career as well. Um, he's got some yep. super new tracks on his latest album, so get that one. Um, I can't wait to go to that one with Berkey tomorrow night. Um, interesting enough, most of the gigs are doing kind of a, like a not a matinee, but an early show and a late show given numbers at the moment. Yep. Tickets are kind of getting expensive for some gigs given capacities, but that'll start to change coming up shortly. Um, Charles Jenkins, who's been another great guest of ours, is going to be back at the retreat. This one's a paid gig, um, whereas he's probably the best unknown, tal unknown talent as far as great hidden um, talent for a lot of people. A lot of people don't know Chuck, but he's an incredible artist, absolutely amazing. And to have that gig at Berkey's uh, last week end was absolutely super. So Sunday, December 13 and Sunday, December 20, Chuck's doing two shows. Um, he's actually doing four shows in total. So he's doing an early show and a late show at the retreat, which are all sold out, which is unbelievable. Fantastic effort, Chuck. A um, couple of other things coming up on the 20th, sorry, 17th and 18th. We Ice Cream Hands, which is Chuck's original lineup and band. Uh, full band will play at this one. So there's been an extra show announced. So there's four gigs here. Um, to, once again, an early and a late, John Curtin Hotel, and they're very close, if not sold out. So um, they will be super to go and see. Um, just to keep this running while I keep talking, feel free to jump in any time, Berkey. Um, we're wandering over. Sorry. No, I was thinking of Berkey. So sorry, apologies for that. Berkey, we can't wait to have you back, mate. We it's need you doing these reviews, not me. Um, Greg Champion is going to this time a bit of a road trip down to Sorrento. Um, be oh. great to have him. Good luck to the people down Sorrento and Rosebud. The 5th and 12th of December, the great Greg Champion. Um, a lot of people only know him for the Kuda Beans, but he's an incredible uh, folk singer and, and artist and absolute superstar, so get on board that one too. Um Another one reformed band recently, the Casanovas. These guys were big uh, and, and going to go big at one stage. And then um, the band disbanded or full, fell apart for a little while. And on the right hand there with the Mo that looks like Ringo is the great Brett Wolferton, who's been in a few bands and is in many bands, actually. Um, and he is the drummer, um, the new in, newly formed band again, the Casanovas. 
So this will be fantastic at a new venue called the Stay Gold in Brunswick. Um, it's pretty close to sold out too. Two late a late session. Well, they're going to matinee two sessions and then a late session. So work that out. There's too many gigs there for me. Um, <laughs> I think you'd hide in the toilets and stay for the next one if you could until they clean you out. Um, is that, we is mentioned. That, uh, is that speaking from sorry, experience? Mate? Is that speaking from experience that you may have done absolutely, that absolutely, mate. I'm, I've <laughs> snuck in and uh, probably the old days of the movies where you used to watch jump in oh. and watch a movie for free under the seats is before that, they they didn't clean the back rows out. Before you go on to the next thing. Is that one of the greatest things to have done, being our vintage and now obviously being only, I think, the one drive-in in Victoria? There may be a second that I'm not aware of, but I know obviously of the one down in Germana. That was the best one. One of a very good mate of mine, I won't name him, but he is now a member of the constabulary. And we thought it would be a good idea one night to get a couple of us in the back of his Mazda, just a four-door Mazda. So we drove up and look, we were so unsubtle about it. We only decided to get two bikes in the boot about 100 metres from the gate. So he's in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. No one in the back seat, but two guys lying in the boot. And the first question, the one down the window, and the guy said, how many guys in the boot? And straight away, Greg and I went, oh, two. And he goes, well, you better pay for them as well. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, Just that, no... Can't wait to uh, sneak into a few festivals again. You're never too old. Oh, um, oh, exactly right. Never too old. I can't wait for some of these bands to come back out and talk about renew and relive your youth again. I can't wait to uh, get in amongst it. Um, Eddie Zammett, quick shout out from Eddie Zammett, who we've had on the show, uh, yep. Mad Tiger. Can't wait to have Eddie on to talk about his life and career in the T-shirt uh, industry and love yep. of T-shirts. So we'll get Eddie on probably after Christmas now, I'd suggest. Sorry, mate. Keep going. Great announcement to hear. One of talking, you mentioned the Casanovas before and a band having a sabbatical for whatever reason. One of the greatest bands to have a sabbatical of all time have announced a world tour and obviously coming to our shores next year in Guns N' Roses. Yep, which, we'll do. I think in probably maybe next week we might do the big yeah. band tour yes. um, of who, who's coming, but definitely Guns N' Roses. That'll be great. I think that's in like November next year or something. It's a little while away. So, Plenty of gigs to promote between now and then. Um, one that's coming up this weekend that I'm doing a bit of a road trip for on Sunday, a couple of hours away, Archie Creek Hotel, um, the the Marshmallow Overcoat. This is it. They play 60s, um, mainly 60s, Ash Naylor, the great Ash Naylor, Davey Lane and Brett Wolferton again. So these guys are unbelievable. I absolutely love listening and watching these. This is literally like the Beatles, the Who. They're all together, mate. They're, they're oh, absolutely super. So if you haven't seen them, get on board and have a look at them. Nearly sold out all the time. So yep. they kind of rarely play together. Um, and I dare say they never practice together. They're just those kind of three musos you throw in a room and they just nail it because they love right. it and know it yep. so well. Um, so that's going to be another gig coming up shortly. Uh, another one, uh, Archie's Creek's actually on fire at the moment. They've got a couple of great gigs coming up. Here's another one on the 19th. Tim Rogers from uh, the head man of UMI and Davey Lane so from UMI as well. So that's nearly sold out, that one. But Damon Smith, who was on our show, yep. uh, sorry, that one's Greg Champion. That was actually this Sunday as well. So Greg Champion's out really punching the gigs at the moment, which is super to see. Um, I think he might have even had one. Um, he did. He had that one at uh, Portsy around that similar time. So he's going to be a busy man, that's for sure. Um, there was one other... Here, I was just trying to find. Give me a second. Mm -hmm. 
No, it doesn't matter. What I do want to show is someone that was on our show last week and we just touched base with him. I just want to play this little clip from Damon Smith. fire is a wonderful thing. Although for Santa Claus, coming down a chimney with said roaring fire at the bottom is not ideal. It goes without saying that coming down a chimney with a roaring tiger at the bottom is also not ideal. Either way, Santa would face a challenge and would more than likely spend some time in a hospital which would blow his cover entirely and sullen the mystery of Father Christmas forever. The chimney is a conduit for easy entry into a household for both Santa and burglars. Although, by using a chimney like a laundry chute, you run the risk of facing great danger like that tiger before. Now, this is a pretty good chimney. Yes, Santa would use this, I'm sure. This one is not so good. And these ones are way off the mark. It does make you think, though, how does Santa get presents into a factory situation with chimneys like this? Just a little pump pump promo that we do uh, for artists that have been on the show. So I look forward to... Uh, we're going to have to have a three-hour show some days because we're going to have so many artists that have come through our our shores uh, here, um, blown through in the wind, and it was super to have Dave come back and join us quickly there to preview another gig. But that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to bring artists on that have got things happening um, and talk about how different life is. So just a little quick pump to that cover, Christmas album. I've listened to a couple of tracks, and my God, this kid's a talent. I forgot how good he was and he there's not much he can't play that's for sure we had him on and he was really interesting to have a chat to um a couple of weeks ago one thing that's about to start glenn is i'm not sure if this is any of your loves but <laughs> what about these guys i think this kicks off tonight but uh yeah i think you might be right I... getting ahead of themselves a little bit there on that photo look at the end of the day, with that passing judgment, I'll just make this comment. If someone's prepared to pay you to do something and it's something you enjoy doing and you can have a bit of a laugh at yourself, I'm not going to bag someone for doing it, if that makes sense. I'll just straighten up yep. my crooked glasses. But, um, look, I think I'm not a traditional cricket fan. I watch it from back in the days of Come On Aussie, Come On. Cricket's a bit to the traditionalists. Big Bash in all forms is a bit hit and giggle, but if you speak to the networks who have it, ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Yep, yep and absolutely. It's probably exposed a lot of young men and women and given them the opportunity that they might not have got whether they're obviously first our local talent, which I think a lot of the sides do try to promote the local talent, but then you've got the international superstars who we would probably never know about who might be the 
15th man picked in the first 11 for their country. But here's an opportunity to see them. And it's, look, the good thing I think I, I like about the T20 to watch is you don't need to watch it all. It's pretty fast. It's pretty quick. Normally takes about two hours. And I think, as you said, there's either a game on tonight or tomorrow night, which is a double header. Because, as I said to my family just tonight, this time of year is a funny time of year. The lead up to Christmas with the spring carnival gone, even with the overlapping of footy finishing late, I was a bit surprised. I think there's been three T20 games and a one day in the last week. And unless you've got pay TV, which I know a lot of people have, wasn't on any free-to-air at all. Yep. And just a photo from last night's, I think it was last night's game, um, the Aussies got a win. So thank God they got a win because they were looking pretty average. They were two down in the three series against possibly possibly the best T20, or sorry, one-day team in, in the world. So um, just when we think we're getting somewhere, we get a little bit ahead of ourselves. So, um, look, we've had some great eras, the Australians, no doubt. I grew up, we've, we've both grown up being so lucky to see so many awesome cricketers. And I can't wait to get a couple of mates on that are real cricket nuts. And yep. we'll talk about a bit of uh, cricket love. But one story during the week, um, this kid potentially was going to be the next uh, uh, opener for Australia. Um, and, and, you know, this is this is what we see during the week. Another concussion of this kid, Will Pukowski. Um, so sad to see. My, I think my mum texts me that he's, it's about number six or seven concussions. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, is it is it a technique thing? What's he? What's this kid doing wrong? Is he just that much bad luck? Or I believe he got himself in a position um, where he didn't just judge, didn't judge the ball. But you can't get this good and this close to the top without having good technique. So I'm really kind of interested in this kid's story and. Um, you know, you just can't be lucky, um, that unlucky six, seven times, can you? You wouldn't think so, but just listening to him, I heard him interviewed, obviously, prior to him getting um, hurt later in the week. And just, I'm not saying he was Brazil or Cavalier, but I think that's his strength, that, yes, I have had a bit of bad luck or whatever, but he said, because I think the question was asked, how do you feel about the opportunity to possibly be playing for Australia in the first test? And he said, look, I'll just go up there and do what I do. Now, I think if you look back through, as you said, we're being blessed with cricketers, but I think now the game is, like most sports, that's so analysed, like a bowler, if someone has even the littlest chink in their armour as a batsman, the bowler will expose that. Not to be nasty, just it's that we have to win the game. So I think, as I said, cricket, I'm not a cricket tragic. Your cricket tragic will say, I think that could be the little thing. He makes some amazing, had some amazing innings already this season, but I think he... Once he's up and about, he's up and about. Like I, I think I, the comparison that I've seen for this, the short couple of times I've seen him, I look at Mark Wall, um, Viv Richards even. I know there's a lofty comparison to make, but as you can remember, Mark Wall, if Australia were three for ten, he'd bet it exactly the same way if we were three for three hundred. 
he'd play his shot straight away. So look, I, I hope the kid, the the um, that young Will is able to find a way one to get obviously first and foremost. Hopefully, there's no long term effects from this, and then find a way that he can possibly tweak his technique because look, the young man's obviously a prodigious talent, and yep. I hope. Hopefully he gets that opportunity to show that in some yep. shape or form for his country. And my beautiful mum that's tuning in is probably our only viewer has just texted me and said eight times. So it's been plenty of concussions, sadly. Um, one's too many. Eight's definitely too many. And we really hope that uh, none of them prove to be anything long term. But there was a bit of damage to that helmet, I believe. So um, look, let's wish the kid well. Let's speedy recovery. Surely you can't play him in a, in an opening test coming up, so we've got to rejig our lineup. Um, but hopefully he can get back in and sneak a test before the end of uh, this season. Look, I think we look- it's the classic thing in sport: a door closes for someone, opens for someone else. From what I've gathered, looking at the scores this week, Cameron Green's obviously not enjoying the fact that Will Bukowski's been hurt, but he's obviously taken the bull by the horn, has made some. Lofty scores. Unfortunately, Joe Burns didn't. So does that open up a spot? Just on the great game of cricket, there was a lot of discussion this week about who should be captaining the side and is Tim Payne the captain going forward? I think the other night, Matthew Wade captained the the one-day team or the T20 team and there was a bit of a up for about that because he doesn't even captain his state. Yep. Thoughts on that, mate? About who who should captain? Should the best player captain the side? Uh, I don't necessarily think so. No, and and that's generally what happens, though. The best player, yeah. almost the best player, becomes. And if you look back on history with Border uh, and a few others through through Australia, um, were they the best player? Probably, in the end, they were. Um, but look, Steve Smith, given all the controversy that happened, does he just walk in and become captain again? I don't think so. I don't think he should. Has Tim Payne done anything wrong to lose it? No. So why shouldn't he keep it? Um, but I'm not against having a one day captain and a test captain. I think that's, we've done that before. So that should be a common thing. Um, it's interesting. We've still got an Australia A team. So, um, at that point we're obviously still developing great kids, it'll be great to have a some more Victorian kids in there, as we've always pushed for. That will come by default as generations of selectors and things move. Um, but it's always been a very New South Wales heavy um, focus. And and obviously Steve Smith mm-hmm. being one of those. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm really undecided. I don't really mind. I'm not against just giving him back the captaincy. I, I, I'm undecided whether, you know, whether that's the right thing to do. I think you've, you know, whether he knew about what happened or what was going to happen, the jury's always still going to be out on that. Has he served his penance, so to speak, and done his, you know, done his, um, done his time? Yeah, absolutely has. So, like Warner, uh, people are quick to f- not forget completely, but should forget. And I think, um, you know, they've done they've done everything they can. They've done their served their penance, mate. So I think we just they deserve a shot. I don't know if he deserves to be captain though. That's all. So I think you got to earn that stripe, and someone's got to be prepared to give it up. So that'll be very interesting. And one thing that I, I know on that, as far as giving something up, is LeBron and Davis 
are actually swapping numbers this year. Davis is going to go 23, and it's going to be a reverse flip, which is very interesting. And they wanted to do that apparently when Davis came to LA, and that didn't happen because he got they got told they had too many jerseys with the number 23 on the back with LeBron. So what an interesting thing that'll be to follow. I can't remember too many players doing the switcheroo um, from their original numbers. So that, that'll be interesting to follow. Jordan obviously did it a couple of times and tried it, but went back to the 23 when, because it's one of those things like cricket. Um, it's one of those sports that becomes very superstitious uh, with numbers and processes and what you do and how you go about it. And the football is very similar. So, um, Glenn, we can talk for hours and we probably will another time, I'm sure. But I just wanted to touch on a couple more things before we finish up. And Man, this is... Because you said earlier that, that was a surprise, but that was lovely, a great surprise. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yes. It came didn't, together kind of last minute. But that's... So when, got, you got, when you said you had a surprise for me, I thought, ooh, surprise is a good bit. You have been known at times to just give me a little... Not so much in this format, but in other formats. Just a little surprise. And I think, oh, no. What's he going to drop on me now? That's yes. okay. All good. No problem. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on is a couple of album releases. And this is one by Powderfinger. And I've, if you haven't watched it, please jump on Powderfinger's website and watch the making of these and how they how they decided which tracks and stuff would go on this album um it's absolutely fantastic it was filmed by the guys during the isolation period and they actually jumped on and played um played played tracks themselves or played each track on the on this album actually um, talked about it and spoke about it and and all played from different um areas or, or houses or wherever they were and locations and then obviously overdubbed some of it um, but it was I thought it was just brilliantly done and I'd love to see more bands do something like that but to talk about I, no, I don't mean pick up where they left off because this is stuff that they'd recorded ages ago um, but absolutely brilliant to, to put another album together and there's no doubt Powderfinger will reform at some point or have to have to there's too big an opportunity for bands right now that are coming back to come and reform like Guns N' Roses are doing ACDC never went anywhere, but now they're back on the road um, post, um, po you know, with a new lineup, obviously, they're going to have now. So that'll be interesting. A, a band that I loved in the 90s, well, 90s, 2000s, uh, Something for Kate, have just released a new album as well. Um, they're absolute superstars, so check them out too. And one I wanted to touch on was a great band that I've always loved, Midnight Oil, and featuring a Jimmy Sharman's Boxers tea today, Friday <laughs> Powder Workers, which is a Midnight Oil group. Um, it raises money for special uh, causes. So a great song, and I always loved Midnight Oil, and I cannot wait. They've re just reformed, and sadly, Bones Hillman passed away. His dying wish was that the band continued with this world tour that they're about to do. Um, that'll be unbelievable. WOMAD is part of that, WOMAD Adelaide. That will be unbelievable. Um, and there's going to be other gigs as well, so I cannot wait to get amongst that with a few mates. Um, but one one I wanted to touch on was a great song and album of theirs, Species to Seasies. Now, Ash Naylor, um, part of Even, one of Australia's best guitarists and frontmen in a couple of bands, 
um, and plays with the great Paul Kelly as well. He uh, has put together this uh, tribute to Midnight Oil, and I can tell you, classic Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favour, get on board and have a listen to this one. It's an absolute ripper. But I want to touch on just even um, a band I absolutely love, these three guys. It's kind of got a real Oasis look about that album cover um, with Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher. But that's the, these guys are absolute superstars um, and have been around for a long time, played over over 30 years I'd probably be giving them a bit of credit. They might not be that long, but they're very good. Um, and they're releasing some new vinyl recently. And also Ash Naylor has just done a solo album, um, which this guy just needs more credit, honestly. He's unbelievable artist. So I can't wait to see Ash on the weekend at this other gig, which was Marshmallow Overcoat. So can't wait to get amongst that. Um, so there's lots of can't waits to do's in there there's so many things to do way too many things to go and see um all i would say to everyone is get off your bum now um it's time to get out and support some of these these venues these cafes these shops um please don't stand too close together in the shops um and make this all go pear-shaped on us what amazes me is what's just happening at the airports people walking around untracked um you know, walking through without really, um, you know, I heard one today, people from South Australia just walking around, not even being asked where they were from and all these kind of things at our domestic airport. I just think we've got to be doing something better here. This is going to go pear-shaped otherwise. Um, and hopefully first parts of quarantine um, have gone well. So I believe um, we've nipped it in the bud so to speak, with some positive or possibly positive tests and quarantine them. So let's let's hope we're doing all the right things here because there's no doubt we need people in here. We need tourism. We need uh, we need the doors open, but we just got to do the right thing, don't we, Glenn, and keep them open. Yeah, and, and, and as you said, like just touching on the airport thing, I was watching something the other night and there was, a, I think, a Channel 7 thing, but it was a national sort of news. And I saw scenes in Australia airports, Tullamarine, Sydney, and I think Brisbane, and I was the, the same. I'm thinking, let's. I know, I know they tend to isolate certain things and probably make it look worse than what it is, but to me, before what's today, Wednesday, before Sunday, it was in airports or confined spaces, mask, keep the safe distance, and I, I thought that's not happening. Yeah, I, I honestly think we were, we must be waiting for a blowout again for for yeah. the numbers to start going up, the rise, and then the mask coming. Why can't we just take preventative action, like um, like you do when you're working with with um, you know wood or welding or whatever? You put a mask on. That's the process. That's what you do. That's all preventative measures. Oh, I just don't see why we can't continue to do that. Yes, it's not great. Yes, you got to use your brains. Um, you got to think, um, as you said. You commonly say common sense isn't so common these days and it's so true um and i wish everyone would just be a little bit more conscious of the people around them um and we will all get through this but we've, we've got a long way to go the vaccine's early uh we're going to get through to next winter um or we're going to be locked down again and no one wants to go through this again and, and that's the unfortunate thing and like you and i are not researchers or whatever but it's not it's not like you've got a leaky tap, call the plumber, he fixes the leaky tap. This is a virus. So this might not have a cure. This might have a containment. 
so a vaccine. So the vaccine is not going to be the be all and end all. And as I said, I preface all that by saying this: I'm not an expert. What I am know is someone. People get frustrated when I do silly things, whether it's my family, my friends, whatever. The number of times that we've been down to our local cafe, gone for walks or whatever. Yes, we've been drinking as we're walking, but we've dropped our mask. But as soon as someone comes here, we put the mask up or pull it, whatever it might be. But the, the interesting thing now, and it's great to have restrictions lifted, but now it's so awkward. Like, as I said, starting in your job this week. So there's a percentage of us back in our office. But three people today went to shake my hand and so did I because that's is that okay now we no one sort of knows and that's yep. and I don't say that blaming Andrews blaming Morrison blaming whoever but it's it's oh the sun's out it's all good no cases which it's been a long time and whatever yep but just keep doing the right things because as you as you said southern hemisphere southern hemisphere is in warmer conditions Look at whether you agree with what they're doing, but look at our friends in the Northern Hemisphere. Look at the UK and Europe and look what's happening in America. It's it's pandemic to massive proportions. Like Yeah, it's frightening and numbers and, and numbers think today, about, look, there's hundreds of thousands look in America. Yeah. Not yeah. ten. And thinking about thinking of our friends in America and Canada and the UK no. that we all know yeah. and uh Please stay safe to all of you um, and try and do the right thing. Um, but two things I just want to quickly touch on before we go is acknowledging once again the number one draft pick. Um, this will be a name that we won't forget, Jamara Eugle Hagen. It's a mouthful. He's going to get a nickname. There's no doubt. Um, we'll have to work out what that is. We'll give him... Um, I'd like to know if he's, he's related or, or what the story is with the great Troy Eugle yeah. from the West Coast. I, yeah. I think there's got to be some sort of relation there. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait to do that. And you know, you don't might not know this one, um, but I'm not sure if this is where he was destined to go for. But Nicholas Cox, he's going to the Bombers, mate. Going How good is bombers. that? So That's great and northern, very much a local boy, northern footy league, um, yeah. Montmorency, where we're from, local yeah. junior is now gone to your beloved Bombers. So that'll be a great one to follow. Good on it. What do you know about uh, Nicholas Cox at all? Oh, look, from what I've heard, he's just a, a young man who has got a lot of potential. And I, and I say that not to put any pressure on him. I think his dad played um, VFL footy back in the day. So that in itself obviously lends to people, he and his parents and um Siblings will give him great support. Look, I think I just wish the the young fellow all the best. I, I yep. think Essendon highlighted him pretty early on. Look, as I said, I think it's just great for the young man. He's got an opportunity, like all the young men tonight who got drafted. They've got, as you said, there's 18 clubs who, as much as we all know that Richmond are looking a powerhouse again, there's 18 clubs who think next year they're going to win a premiership. Mm. So these young men get a chance to be a part of it. I just hope they have long careers with no injuries and they enjoy it and get as much enjoyment out of sport and life that we have at, at our age. As I said, their, their journey in their sporting life from a professional point of view is just beginning and I hope it's a good and a fruitful one for them all. Yep, absolutely. And one last one to finish off is 
my beloved demons, because we've touched on your bombers. Uh, yep. Who have we chosen? Uh, once again, another local Northern Footy League kid. This is absolutely Beautiful. great news, fantastic news. Um, and also from the Diamond Creek Demons, which is absolutely super okay. that we've uh, been able to do that. So Bailey Laurie, I hope it's not Laurie Bailey. Uh, let's work out which way that is, but I'm pretty sure it's Bailey Laurie. Uh, number, pick number 22, famous name and uh, number. Uh, it won't be his number, but it was the pick number 22 and a famous number at Melbourne with the great Shane Way Woden and a few others. I think uh, yeah. Chris Connolly, 22 back in the day. So um, yeah. that will be interesting. He's before that, he was at Beverly Hills Junior Footy Club and through to the Oakley Chargers. So the Oakley Chargers are superstars again. Um, and I'll be interested to know how many kids have come through from the under-18 system. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw you back a challenge, mate, for next week's show is give us Beautiful. a little give us a little top 10 of the draft and and let's try and pick the next Brownlow medalist out of that little group. Um, okay. That could be a bit of fun. So uh, I, let's I, talk I'll, about... I'll answer Sorry, your mate. question. Yep. So I'll do, I'll do that. We'll see if we can, I'll see if I can pick the next one of the top 10. Can you tell me of the number one draft picks up until this point who's won the Brownlow medal? No, I can't, to be honest. Um, I would, would struggle like, to tell would, you. Would you like to phone a friend? Uh, no, we're running out of time on that discussion. Me. He's played at my I'll club. Ask you though. He's yep. played at my club and the Western Bulldogs. Yep, don't put me on the spot like this, Glenn. It's Adam still no Rudy. good. Adam oh, okay. Jones. Yep. Yep. The great chisel. How the good is that? Man. I should have gone with the chisel man. Yep. Yeah, that is great. He's uh, a great player, no doubt. So lots of things to talk about in the next few weeks. Um, let's kind of see where we are in the next week. In fact, yeah. for the first time, we've actually been able to get a guest ready, promoted, and we're going to announce it on tonight's show. And here yeah. we are going to talk next week. A little bit of getting back in shape, Glenn. Um, you and I, we're going to set ourselves a bit of a mission and all of our yep. beloved beloved fans. Um, but one guy I want to bring up is is just a absolute superstar. Look at this young kid. Absolutely puts me to shame. Now I've Whoa. never had a body like that, and he would be a few years a few years younger than me, not too many. But what an absolute superstar! And I cannot wait to have. Aaron Lapira on next week. Um, Body Revival, if you don't know, um, do a bit of research and homework. He was on the Spartan show with a yep. um, with a, a couple of blokes from his gym yep. called the Body Revival Sharks, they called themselves. But Aaron is an absolute superstar. He's super passionate about fitness, super passionate about nutrition, and we will talk about all sorts of things like that and mental health, what it did for his gym and, and a couple of gyms he's got during covid the bounce back after COVID, and I'm really excited to have him on. I've talked to, tried to get him on a few times. Obviously, been a busy man, so I cannot wait to have him on. So we finally get to promote it, and in in the new year, we are going to make a massive effort of bringing on a couple of female artists and connections yes. of mine. So we've put Thank the feelers you. out. Dave's starting the process, bringing one into the EJ, which is absolutely mm -hmm. super. So tomorrow night, once again, the EJ isolation sessions. Get on board, Dave Cosma. He is the man, no doubt. So get on board and see Mandy Connell with Dave Cosma. So look forward to that. Dave, we're going to leave it there, yep. Cuz, unless you've got anything else to wrap. 
Oh, no, love to get some female artists on, and we also should try to in the new year, like we've, as we know, we won't name names yet. We'll keep the guests, the listeners and watchers guessing, but we both have a couple of well-known sporting identities, and I think we should try to get some of our female sporting stars on, whether it be from an AFLW even some of the cricket stars, and I think we've got a few contacts you can reach out and get them on for the new year for sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. And just so I didn't fail, fail to acknowledge um, Jamara Eugle Hagen as the first Indigenous player drafted at number one since number 1999. One. Right since 1999. Who was it in 99? That's another question. 99. And I'll leave that one with you for next week, Glenn. Beautiful. You can... Give us a bit of a rundown. So we'll talk. We might start talking local sport as well, like very local uh, to us when we start yeah. talking footy and the wind up of uh, footy coming back, cricket coming back. We'll try and get a few friends on that we know well and just have a general chat. So, Lovey, we're reaching out yeah. to you now, mate. Get ready know, to come yeah. back on, mate. Um, we'll change the day for you if we have to. We need to get you on. Berkey, we need you back. Billy Hewitt, we need you back. I'm Bill, going to reach Billy out to Hewitt, all of those. Billy Hewitt. Because yep. we need Billy Very. back. He was quality early on, but then fell off the map a little bit. Billy teased us with a beautiful effort, come in he once, did. hit the ground running, set the standard high, and then went went missing. So we can't wait to have Billy. I know he's uh, – I tried to get him on tonight, and he's decided he's out having dinner. And that's great to see, out supporting local, local venues like we talked about. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to bring up the – promo for next week and leave it at that glenn so thanks mate great to have a chat we could yeah, talk for hours we could talk for an hour and a half of a 45 minute show so fantastic to do that as always cheers mate catch you soon thanks,